right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself, we'll go ahead, we'll cover some hot NBA topics, the NBA Wednesday games, and of course, our best bets. Also, Wednesday is our time to go ahead and do our featured podcast segment with the Wednesday Five. I will go ahead and announce last week's winners here in a bit. If you don't know what the Wednesday Five is, stay tuned, find out, and you guys could actually go ahead and win some cash. Uh, Let's bring in Mackenzie here. Mac, I was actually thinking about this today, and I thought that you would have some interesting thoughts on this. Don't ask me why I was thinking about this, but let me just throw this at you. Finals matchup, Outcast versus Public Enemy. Who wins? Well, let me first ask you why you're asking that. No, no, no. You told me not to. All right. Um, I'm going to say Outcast. Public Enemy is more OG, but I think if you've been a fan of hip-hop the last 20 years, uh, more likely Outcast has been on your uh, tape deck or MP3 player, whatever it is, uh, more, a little bit more than Public Enemy. I feel like they uh, they get the crown. Best rap group ever, Outcast. I would... Uh... I would agree with you. I was actually thinking Public Enemy kind of built the foundation, but if you do take a look at your track list, you probably would have eight songs to two in favor of Outkast. So uh, I dig it. I like it. I'm glad you agree with me. I was kind of up in the air because I'm like, would the old school guys all pick Public Enemy? But I actually think there's a lot of old school guys (laughs) that would probably go ahead and say Outkast would be better. But that'll wrap up that interesting topic. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's get down to business here, Mac. We have a few games that we want to look at. Uh, let's go ahead and let's start out with this for Wednesday. Let's talk Miami Heat at the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, current line in this game, Blazers minus one. We have a total of 222 and a half. Curious what you have with this one. The Miami Heat are showing me very worrying signs. They were a team last year that it seemed like it didn't matter who went down. Next man up mentality, heat culture, all that stuff rang true. But let's not talk about the role players that can play above their heads. Let's talk about the stars. Jimmy Butler, we know, one of the most clutch playoff performers. You know, he's been a little bit quiet to start the season, but we we can expect that. And he's been efficient. So I'm going to put that aside. Tyler Hero, okay, he was the sixth man of the year last year. We were talking about this before the season. He had 40 to 1 odds to win sixth man. I'm like, I don't really see how they can avoid putting him in the starter lineup. Now that Victor Oladipo has been banged up, he's been the starter. And he's good, but I'd much rather have him in the Jordan Poole role uh, where his defensive limitations uh, doesn't really hinder you that much. But now let's talk about the elephant in the room. Bam Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Emerging superstar, he has been. Much of the last several years, people have been talking about him as the underrated guy, two-way player. He's only 23, 24 years old. He's putting up all these numbers. He's Draymond Green with a shot. All that stuff. All that stuff sounded fine last year. Then he had the playoffs where he showed up very little against the Celtics. And now let's look at this season. Four games in. Not a small sample size. Not the smallest sample size. 13 points a game. Shooting 45%. Hasn't hit a three. His player efficiency rating where 15 is average is 11 Major questions for the Miami Heat. I think they might be uh, much worse than last year. I feel like last year was all about the culture, all about congealing as a group. Udonis Haslam uh, being part of that culture, being part of being another voice. Now that Haslam's playing another year, Butler spent the offseason with his haircuts and your second best player is looking like a league average player. 
I know they almost made the finals one shot away or so, I guess, depending on how, depending on how you look at that last shot, because the Celtics would have a chance to, to beat you, even if you did go up. But I feel like this team has fallen from one of the top teams in the East to bottom, you know, maybe eighth best in the East. Kyle Lowry, again, just too old at this point where I think he's going to really see an uptick. So I don't really see where the improvement comes from. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about the heat. Fade him. You know, I am looking to bet the other way in the near future. Uh, Blazers, 4-0 straight up in ATS. Give them their credit. But to me, uh, this game is about Miami. Are they as bad as they look to start the season? It's hard to think that they're not, McKenzie. I went through and I looked at this team's overall statistics, and its I don't want to say it's not good. It's bad. Yeah. Points per game, bad. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. I mean, you're talking some of the stat categories, bottom of the league. Three-point percentage. It's... It's worrisome. It, some of it might have to do with the starting lineup with Hero being inserted. Some of it could be, you know, Lowry's seen his better days. Maybe Adebayo just isn't mixing in with this particular group. No no P.J. Tucker on this team. It's going to take time. I don't think they're going to figure this out right now on the road going into Portland. Great point on P.J. Tucker, by the way. I wonder if Bam Adebayo feels a little bit stretched having to do everything defensively while his offensive game has been struggling of late. You have to wonder if they're asking him to do other things that he's just not accustomed to that's going to take him time. And I think it's going to take this Heat team some time to go ahead and get it together. And with this being their first road game of the year, going into Portland, who's actually playing quite well. I mean, Dame Lillard looks pretty damn good. I think you'd say that. Simons has looked really good. I think you would say that. Yep. I like the Blazers here in this spot. I would actually make my line like Blazers minus three, minus four. I think that the Heat are probably getting some love in the market because of what they've been, you know, the last couple of years. And there's Jimmy Butler and there's Adebayo and they've, you know, made the playoffs and ended up in the NBA finals and things like that. But this is not the the Heat team that we've seen the last couple of years. And I think this Blazers team is out to go ahead and prove a point, you know, 4-0 that they're an improving team and maybe one of the better teams in the league that, you know, honestly, just a lot of people did not see coming. So I like the Blazers in this one. I'll go ahead. I'll make that an official pick there. I made my line Blazers minus three. So that's, that's kind of where I was at with that. So I see some value here uh, on Portland right now. I'd agree with you. I'd say it's hard hard to make the case that the Heat are a better team, maybe an even team, but a better team with, than the Blazers right now. Uh, I agree with you. And I get it. Their backs are going to be up against the wall. But first road game of the year, I just there's there's no way I could touch touch the heat. I, I couldn't do it with free money. All right, so that'll wrap up the first game here for Wednesday. We will go ahead. We'll talk a little bit Lakers and Nuggets uh, in a little while. Mackenzie, I want to go ahead. I want to talk crazy NBA predictions. Now, I don't want you to do anything crazy, crazy, but I do want to hear something crazy, something that you might think that might transpire this season that actually might happen. And uh, we'll just label it as, as a little bit crazy. But why don't you go ahead and tell me what you got. What did you come up with? This was interesting. How are you feeling about that? I will say Russell Westbrook will have a 30-point triple-double this season, and Kevin O'Connor and all the very loud, almost raucous hatred and hatitude that is going on with Russell, Russell Westbrook. It might look fine. It might seem sharp by the end of the season, but there will be one shining day, one night, whether with the Lakers or more likely with another team, he puts up a 30-point triple-double, and we're like, wait a minute. Why wasn't – why – what? I thought this guy was washed. Maybe so, but um, what's that old saying? Uh, I might not be as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. We're going to see that moment for Westbrook. I ain't as good as 
Did you like steal my notes? Because my crazy prediction involves Russell. <laughs> no, no, I I didn't steal your notes, but I read your notes and variation on a theme. I was thinking of crazy things that could happen, and uh, that that popped in my head. So uh, sorry for uh, going first and maybe stepping on your toes there, but uh, Westbrook was on my mind. All right, well, here's what I'll say. I actually think my one crazy prediction here actually might come true, and it does involve Russell Westbrook, and I think he's going to end up playing for three NBA teams this season, and he might actually end up in the playoffs. Now, hear me out. The Lakers have done nothing with Westbrook on this team, and it doesn't look like this season is off to a great start. AD, in my opinion, looks healthy, back to one of the top players in the league. And I think if that remains with LeBron and maybe another key piece not named Westbrook, that this Lakers team can actually turn it around. I think that many of us would probably agree that this Lakers team right now is maybe 50-50 to make the playoffs. At least that's how I feel. I think a move off Westbrook is, is pretty much inevitable. I think the Pacers, the Hornets, I think those two teams are in play. Uh, maybe a Rosier, maybe a Buddy Heald are players that could end up in L.A. in some type of a swap. Now, there's, there's obviously money and picks involved in most trades are, but I can see Westbrook being dealt uh, probably to the Eastern Conference and being dealt again maybe to a potential contender who needs a guy before the end of the trade deadline. At the end of the day, look, LeBron has given his entire life to this game of basketball. He's given 20-plus years to you know his brand, his legacy, and it's starting to take a hit if you ask me. Westbrook, he can be Westbrook, but it's going to have to be on another team, and I think all parties involved will eventually be A-OK -okay with that. So that's my crazy prediction there, McKenzie. Russell Westbrook playing for three NBA teams this season and actually making it to the playoffs. And I'll go ahead and I'll say, hey, he's going to have one of those 30-point triple-double nights as well. Not sure how you feel about my crazy prediction. I don't think that Lakers can survive right now with Westbrook on this team. I agree with your prediction. I don't think it's crazy. The third team will be crazy because that'll be like a Randy Moss situation where he got traded from the Patriots. Didn't exactly uh, make a lot of friends with his new team, the Vikings, and ended up on a third team, maybe the Titans that year, or the 49ers with the Super Bowl team. Anyway, I could see that happening. Westbrook has a lot to offer and a lot that many would pass on. Uh, got some interesting props here to consider. Will Russell Westbrook be traded during the 22-23 season? Got to lay 600 at Bet Online right now on the yes. All right. So it seems likely. This is an interesting nugget, though. Will Russell Westbrook be traded by Thanksgiving? Minus 120, minus 120. So it's even money proposition. I just read today that Adrian Wojnarowski said, almost as if he was preparing people to bet this prop, very unlikely Westbrook gets traded before Thanksgiving. Around Thanksgiving is when their backup point guard, Dennis Schroeder, comes back. So it makes sense that they would make the swap then. So if you have a bet online account, Traded after November 24th, minus 120. Sneaky if you got it, best bet. I do think um, that's pretty straightforward. All the news, all the media is talking about trade him, trade him now. Well, the one connected guy I know that's talked about it said the trade will happen after Thanksgiving. So make that wager. Now, where will Westbrook be traded? Here are the favorites. Pacers plus 150. Talked about Buddy Heald. Seems like a great fit. Need shooting. Charlotte Hornets, second favorite, makes sense, Terry Rozier. And then a couple teams that are so bad, I mean, they just got enough cap space so they could see them making a deal, the Spurs or the Jazz. If he's on the Jazz, he might average 
a 30-point triple-double because they got nothing uh, but opportunity on that roster. Not with the Spurs. The Spurs, I really just can't in a million years see that deal happening. But those are the favorites. 80% or so to be traded, about 50-50 be traded by Thanksgiving. I think later than that. And the Pacers, Hornets, Spurs, and Jazz are your Westbrook favorites. My main reason for thinking that Westbrook could end up on a third team, because you just mentioned a bunch of teams that they're not very good. And if Westbrook joins them, he's actually going to look a whole hell of a lot better than he's looked right now. No doubt. Like his stock really can't be any lower right now in LA. And if they can actually say, hey, well, Westbrook's still, you know, that 30 point guy, that guy can go out and get triple doubles, then maybe the team that actually takes a chance on him that's looking to actually trade him before the trade deadline, they could say, this guy's still just as good as he was, but it's just not working out with, with LeBron and AD. So it's like that house on the corner of the block. Where you're like, you know what, there's some there's some bones to that house. I don't really want to live there, but I think if I bought it, cleaned it up a little bit, I think I could flip it. Uh, makes a lot of sense. You could acquire a distressed asset in Russell Westbrook, let him trot out a 40-point night, and then trade him for more assets. Uh, crazy. I don't think many people would have predicted it, but we'll see if it comes true. We will see if that comes true, and we'll see if our guest best bet comes true here. Uncle Dave ended up recording a pick for you guys today in the game between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Uncle Dave has a play in this one. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Yeah, I bet Toronto over Philadelphia, and thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I mean, here's the thing about the 76ers that, that always worries me, no matter who they play. You know, Harden and Embiid average between them 53.5 points per game, which translates to exactly half of what the 76ers are averaging. So a little too heavy there. And if you add in... Maxie and Tobias Harris's points, I mean, that number goes to 80%. That said, I mean, Toronto just has a much deeper bench, and I, I think that showed up in Miami on Monday. Scotty Barnes was out. He should be, should be good to go here tonight. But he was replaced by Christian Colico in the starting lineup, and, and Colico didn't need to score. Toronto adjusted. Toronto won. Toronto held Miami to 90 points. I mean, I, I think Colico is a huge upgrade to that Raptors defense. I mean, it's not everyone that holds the heat to 35% shooting and less than 25% from behind the arc, and that's exactly what Toronto did. Now, Philadelphia is off their first win over Indiana uh, by 14 as a 12-point favorite. They held Indiana to 27% from behind the arc. They're not going to do that against Toronto. And the 76ers in that game, they managed only 26 points in the paint. I think that's exactly what they'll do against the Toronto defense. Uh, Philadelphia, looking back, at games played at Toronto, they're 2-14 and 14, dating back eight years. Haven't seen a total out yet. We're taping this early. I do lean to that under as well. Uh, I already alluded to the fact that Toronto's playing some, some solid defense, but Philadelphia is attempting the second least shots in the NBA through four games. So I bet Toronto, and when I see a line, I will likely bet the under. All right, so there's Uncle Dave. Thanks for going ahead and chiming in there, Uncle Dave. Going to go ahead and back the Toronto Raptors. Mackenzie, I don't have a dog in the fight in that one. Curious if you have any thoughts on that game. I'm a little bit surprised at the line because the Raptors have been very impressive. Don't get me wrong. Pascal Siakam looks great. Uh, They definitely deserve an upgrade from the beginning of the season. But let's go back a few months. Let's go back to April when these teams were in the playoffs. Joel Embiid was really banged up, questionable to play in a lot of those games, had an eye injury. Yet they were never less than a one-point favorite on the road in Toronto. Now they're underdogs in Toronto, and I think – I know they're one and three, but I think on balance, we have to upgrade the Sixers or at least keep them where they are. James Harden looks like an MVP again, you know, way better than he did at the end of last year. And Joel Embiid has had his struggles, but we expect him to turn it around. 
So I'm a little bit surprised the Sixers aren't favored here, and uh, I would look in their direction. But um, like Esler has been, if you're looking closely at the Raptors and you think they're way better than people expect, the numbers so far show that you've been right. All right, well, good stuff on that game. Thanks, Uncle Dave, for going ahead and giving us his free play. Uh, let's jump over to the next marquee matchup here on Wednesday. We got the L.A. Lakers. They'll be on the road here at the Denver Nuggets. Current line in this game right now, Nuggets minus six. We have a total of 227 and a half. Let me go ahead and break this news. Russell Westbrook hamstring is doubtful to go ahead and play. And that makes me like the Lakers here, McKenzie. I'll take the plus six here. Let's say Westbrook is healthy enough to play. But let's just say he's he's a little dinged up. I think that maybe there's a chance that he's being pressured to just take the day off. Let's see what this team looks like without you on the floor. Let's see what it looks like with LeBron and AD healthy earlier on in this season. They're 0-3 right now, and if they go 0-4, look, I, I worry about this Lakers team and, and what it's going to look like, you know, as the rest of the season unfolds, you know, with Westbrook on this roster. But I could see a, a very simple game plan. LeBron to AD, AD to LeBron and LeBron kicking it out to a guy that's wide open. But I think this is a two-man show going into Denver. And look, Denver hasn't looked exactly great. You know, they dropped games to Utah. They dropped games to the Blazers. They did turn around and uh, beat the Warriors, which was surprising to, I think, the both of us. But I like the Lakers. I think that they're a one-two punch here with AD and LeBron getting six points. And this is going to be a desperation heave here, I think, for L.A. But with Westbrook not on the floor, I think these players really step up and try to Try to make a point that, look, that this guy's not helping us. It's not It's not on me. It's not on Beverly. It's not on this guy. Like I think the whole team just rallies around, steps up, and there's a simple one-two punch here with AD and LeBron. That's just how I feel. So I like the Lakers getting six points. That's the way I'm going in that game. I'm not hesitating with that one. I like that one quite a bit. How about you? How are you feeling about the Lakers and Nuggets? I generally have a rule, don't bet on the Lakers. If all you did was bet against the Lakers the last, I don't know, at least since LeBron's been there, but – a lot longer than that. I think after the late Kobe days, it's been a bet against team. You know, a lot of people bet on them for no reason other than that they're the Lakers. Therefore, there's value betting against them. That said, the value finally may have been sucked out of the Lakers. There's no value to be had. You look at the Lakers, not since 2018, before LeBron got there, were they catching six or more versus Denver home or away. Just It never happens. I mean, as as bad as the Lakers were the first year LeBron got there, different points when AD and LeBron were out, it just never, the confluence of events never happened where they were this big of an underdog. And I agree with you on motivation. This is a great opportunity. They've been better with Westbrook off the floor. Not that much better. I mean, they've been a bad team, negative seven net rating with Westbrook off the floor, but negative 10 with Westbrook on the floor. So this... The narrative writes itself if they can do what you're saying and win this game. And I feel like a lot of people are going to feed into that. Patrick Beverly is going to look like, hey, it made sense to acquire him if they can get a win when he's the only point guard that they have. Nuggets, Jamal Murray, talking about second best player again, not been there, not been there. Over under a 15 and a half, just about 10 points less than what we expected at his peak. He hasn't played great. I feel like the Nuggets have a lot of potential. I mean, Bill Simmons picked him to win the West. A lot of people are on that train. I, I want to see it first. I haven't seen anything. I mean, they just got blown out for the versus the Blazers after taking out a first-half lead. I haven't seen anything to think that this team uh, is on the come-up, like the Mavericks, for example, a team with a major blinking by arrow next to their name. Don't see it with the Nuggets, so 
eventually they're going to get one. I would take the Lakers here, but more likely I would pass. I think you said exactly what I wanted to say, McKenzie, is that maybe there's finally value on the Lakers, or at least you're not paying this massive tax with this team. Because as I'm looking at the line, I'm like, when's the last time the Lakers got six points? And it's felt like it's been, you know, quite some time. And I guess maybe you can go up against, you know, the better, the best teams in the league, you know, maybe like a a Bucks team or, or a Warriors team or something like that. But the Nuggets, I feel like these are, you know, pretty much just like even teams in a sense. So I wanted to go ahead and I wanted to grab those points with the Lakers because I felt like, you know, for once, maybe we're actually getting a little bit of value, you know, with that team. You know, talking about underperformers, I do want to go ahead and, and take a look at some underperformers and overperformers, you know, right now in, in the season. And I think that this might be an opportunity for us to, you know, go ahead and identify some guys that are playing at a really high level and playing at a really low level that we can go ahead and, and that we can bet in the prop market. So, Mackenzie, here's what I want to do. I want to go ahead. I want to start out with our overperformers. And I'm not saying like an overperformer. I'm talking about a guy that's actually playing really, really well right now. And I want to go ahead and I want to take a look at the guy that I have and the guy that you have and maybe go ahead and consider putting him down on our sheet and saying, you know what, this is a guy that we need to watch, that he's playing very well, and maybe the prop market just hasn't caught up on him yet. And my first guy for my overperformer here, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to use De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he's locked in right now, 31.7 points per game through three games. Kings have played three good teams, and they've been yet to win a game, but it looks like Fox is entering that I guess you could say that video game type status right now. Clearly a guy who might actually have some value in the player prop market. I like what I see from him so far. So that's going to be my overperformer right now. I got my eyes on De'Aaron Fox doing big things, maybe throughout the rest of this season. How about you, Mac? Who you got for your overperformer? I'm going to go with the team I just mentioned, Christian Wood of the Dallas Mavericks. Luka MVP, deserved MVP favorite Luka Doncic, but... Christian Wood is quietly explaining why this team is a buy-on team. He has more points per game than minutes per game. He shot 8 for 10 today. Before that, he was shooting 56% from the field. Uh, just that we, we wondered. I mean, he's been a very efficient 3 and D guy his whole career. But on a good team that actually cares about winning, how would that translate? Uh, early returns are good for Christian Wood. Makes me bullish on the Mavericks. And um, also, I mean, he's getting 25 a game playing 25 a game once they get into a contest where they got to play him a little bit more uh, I think his over prop total makes a lot of sense I don't disagree with that either you know you and I talked about him in our preseason podcast and he was a guy that you know occasionally would disappear when he was on Houston but that wasn't a team that I think that he fit very well into but he showed you know how well that he can play and this is a guy who I think he. I think you would agree, Mackenzie. He's probably like just a cheaper version of like an AD. Yeah. But this dude can go out there and ball, and I think with, you know, with Luca, that this guy can go out there and kind of just do what he needs to do. Luca could do what he needs to do. These guys don't get in each other's way, and he's showing out right now. I think the AD comparison is fair on offense, but that shows how valuable and undervalued Anthony Davis is on defense because their numbers look similar: twenty-five and ten. You know, good offensive numbers, but. Christian Wood on the season, one steal, one block. Anthony Davis per game, two and a half steals, two and a half blocks. No one but Hakeem Olajuwon has put together those kind of steals and blocks numbers. Anthony Davis does it, and he's a very effective scorer. So despite what Stephen A. Smith will tell you on Twitter and on first take, Anthony Davis, not the reason why the Lakers have started off poorly. Anthony Davis is the only reason why that team hasn't gotten blown out completely, I think. Exactly. 
Exactly. Thank you. Someone actually watches the game, cares about the reality. I appreciate that. And he could be the reason why the Lakers actually turned this entire season around. If he can stay healthy, you know, he'll be okay. Let me give you an underperformer here, Mac. And this one that surprised me a little bit. Al Horford right now does not look anywhere near like the same guy that was on the court for the Celtics last season. He looked like he was in his 20s last year, to be honest with you, and I kind of question how the hell that that happened. (laughs) But right now he looks like he's clearly in his 40s, mid-40s. And look, maybe it's just early in the season, but his numbers are down across the board. His PER nearly cut in half from what it was last year. Simply does not look like the same guy from last year. He's 36, and I guess you could say that that's kind of old here for an NBA center. Maybe there are some concerns here with Horford going on throughout the entire year. But he's a concern for me, and I thought that he was a key, intricate piece to that Celtics team last year, and he showed up pretty much in every game. And I worry if you know he's not at the level where he was at last year, that the Celtics team could struggle, you know, against certain teams. So I think my underperformer right now, uh, I'm pretty much sold to Al Horford, just not doing or not looking, you know, anywhere near what he did last year. So that's what I got. Who do you got for your underperformer? I'll just say that's a good name because without Robert Williams, the traded away Daniel, Daniel Theis, Al Horford's more important to the Celtics in their defensive construction uh, than at any point last season. So the fact that he's slipping a little bit, which makes sense at his age, may well be something to look for, to keep an eye on looking forward. For my underperformer, let me go with Anthony Edwards. Everybody was talking about him for most improved player. Everybody was talking about him as the next it guy in the NBA, and I don't disagree. Body body type-wise, he's like Michael Jordan. Personality-wise, I mean, he he pops on screen. I saw him in the movies. He's a guy that is going to be someone uh, on the top of our tongue for 10 years, 15 years in the NBA. That probably starts in the future. It's not started right now. He's shooting only 43%. His PER is under 13, uh, 25% from range. Started the season 4-17 and 17 as they almost lost to Oklahoma City. They did lose to San Antonio. Got blown out from the jump. Wasn't even close. After their first cover of the season versus the Thunder, they were not close at any point versus the Spurs. That shows to me that there's a little bit of um, youthful arrogance going on and that points directly to your best 20 year old 21 year old player and if you watch the game watch the first half of the game you can see time after time Spurs get a transition opportunity Anthony Edwards is jogging it's not okay if you're 30 and you're a vet it's definitely not okay when you're 21 years old you're supposed to be the most athletic player on your team you're supposed to bring it you're supposed to bring the intensity that's your job even as a budding superstar you're supposed to be uh, the defensive force, a defensive force. So he got called out. Makes sense. When you play that poorly, Carl Anthony Towns after the game said, hey, I know he makes he makes jokes about Popeyes. I know he makes jokes about, forget that. I got to be a better leader, Carl Anthony Towns said. I got to make sure he treats his body right and he's prepared for these back-to-backs because he's a high-level professional athlete. He's not a kid anymore. So that realization, I think, is going to eventually land on Anthony Edwards, whether it's a teammate or whether it's his coach or whether it's just the reality of the situation. Hey, I'm playing badly right now. I'm getting all the opportunities in the world to be a superstar and I'm not there right now. Once he starts looking in the mirror, I do expect a turnaround, but right now, underperformer by far. I'm sure that there will be a reality check for him 
uh, sooner or later. We'll be end up talking about him a little bit here uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's try to save you guys a little bit of money here. Uh, I know that you guys like to save money, and here's how you do that. Go to pregame.com, click on buy picks, click on McKenzie's mugshot, <laughs> pick up his Wednesday pick package, and enter code DUNK20. That's DUNK20, and you guys will immediately save 20%. It's that easy. Last season, McKenzie, he went for plus 64 units in the NBA, and uh, that's not easy to do. That's, to be honest with you, it's damn near impossible. But I know McKenzie can outdo himself. Uh, this year, he knows his stuff, and he knows how to go ahead and save you guys 20% on any of his picks. Simply just go to pregame.com and enter DUNK20. Also, pregame.com has the Beat McKenzie NBA Contest. Simply click on Contest on the website. Enter Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA Contest, and you guys will have a chance to win a potential $1,000. See if you guys are good enough to take down the big prize over there at pregame.com. McKenzie. Uh, I do have some best bets, and we want to go ahead and certainly go ahead and give those out. And we still have our Wednesday five coming up in our agreed upon player prop bet of the day, and that's been very good uh, so far in this young NBA season. Uh, let's go ahead and do best bets there, Mac. I think people will be scrolling to the end there, Mac, and looking for our best bets. But we're going to go. We're going to insert them here, Mac. I'll let you go ahead have the floor for Wednesday. What do you got for your best bet? Let me go with the Minnesota Timberwolves laying nine right now. Uh, versus the Spurs. Now, I played the Timberwolves a couple games ago. It was their second game against the Thunder. They were off a loss. They were on the road. I was thinking, Timberwolves haven't played a complete game this season. What better opportunity than to play the Thunder, stretch their muscles, show that Gobert can still create those great transition opportunities that help the Jazz be so effective? And we're going to see it. And that's what we did see. They took care of business versus the Thunder. Then they laid an egg. An absolute... No show, burn the tape, uh, embarrassing for all involved. I think the equipment manager went home early through a back alley so people weren't giving him jeers. It was that bad. I mean, when you're down by 30 in the, early in the third quarter versus a team that's expected to win 20 games all season, shows that you didn't show up, shows that you didn't care. Timberwolves should care. They will bring it. They will respond to Carl Anthony Towns calling him out. They will respond to Chris Finch calling him out. And just talent-wise, if this team is going full tilt like they were against the Thunder, off a loss, that's what we're going to get here versus the Spurs. Timberwolves coming off a loss. Number one rated offensive team, sneakily, after January 1st last year. That's a quite a stretch amount of times. January, February, March, April. They were the number one offense. So if that team is on full tilt the entire 48 minutes, they're going to cover the nine points here. I have the Timberwolves about nine points better than the Spurs. So with home court, that gets us to 11. And I think with the motivation, clearly in the profitable territory, give me the Timberwolves minus the nine. All right. I like it. I think that this is a let's look in the mirror type of game. Now look at who Minnesota's played this year. The Thunder, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Spurs. Are any of those teams supposed to be any good? No. And the fact that the Minnesota Timberwolves are two and two, it's one of those clearly let's take a look in the mirror. But they're playing the Spurs here on a back-to-back, and it's an immediate revenge spot. We know that the Timberwolves are better there, Mac. And it wouldn't surprise me if they go out there and they just lock this in for four straight quarters all game long, looking to steamroll this Spurs team. Nine scenes high, but it wouldn't shock me if this team won by 20-plus points. So I'm a supporter of your best bet there. 
Uh, let me go ahead and give you mine. We just talked about a bad team, the Jazz. Supposedly a bad team. Mackenzie, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but the Jazz team total was dropped at Caesars at 29.5. Wow. All right. Woo. And I, I, I was saying, let's let's wait one more day. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make my best bet, the Utah Jazz here, minus the four and a half points at home versus the Houston Rockets. Look, the Jazz, they just suffered their first loss of the season, and it came a game ago against this Houston Rockets team. Stat-wise, I feel like these teams are close, but one area that really stuck out to me there, Mac, in the last game, and I think that there's a really good chance that this area gets completely flipped, and that's the free throw line. The Rockets at home shot 16 more free throws in that game, and they made a total of 18 more free throws than the Jazz. The margin on the game, it was only six points, and I think that stat area flips, and the Jazz play better at home all around. And based on the stat sheet, these teams really aren't that much higher or lower than each other. Plus, again, kind of like the Minnesota Timberwolves game, I have instant revenge here with Utah. Houston, they've lost both of their road games this season by double digits. The Jazz, they haven't been at home really since opening night. So I kind of feel like that this is a, a like another home opener kind of feel game to it, especially since you know the Jazz have actually been showing out and they've looked rather impressive. So after I added up here all Mac, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make my best bet, the Utah Jazz minus the four and a half points here on Wednesday night. Not sure if you like it. Not sure what you think about that team total being that high, but it's interesting. I think if they can sneak out this win, then we just go ahead, McKenzie, and we talk about what we talked about the other day, buying this Jazz team under maybe 29 and a half, 30 and a half, calling it a day, over and done with. 100% agree. If they start out four and one, none of their performances really – Moved my needle all that much. We talked about their first two wins. Shot the hell out of the ball, 40%. I agree with your pick on the Jazz. I think they're just significantly better than the Rockets team. It's really more of a fade why I would look at that side of the Rockets than the Jazz. But like I said, nothing has drastically changed my opinion of this team. If we can get under 30 and a half for a team that was supposed to win 23 games two weeks ago, uh, yeah, sign me up. All right, so there you guys go. There's our best bets. I like them both there, Mac. I think we're going to end up going 2-0 with those. Uh, but now it's time for our featured segment for our Wednesday podcast, and that is our Wednesday 5. What is our Wednesday 5 contest? Well, it's simple. Mackenzie and I, we go ahead, we pick five players to score the most points combined, and we post those five picks in the pregame.com forum. There will be a sticky thread there stuck at the top of the forum. All you have to do, simply put your five players in there that you think will have the highest combined score at the end of Wednesday night's games, that thread will lock at 7 p.m. We'll add up the totals, and the winner will get 55 pregame bulk dollars in their account. Bulk dollars spend just like cash on the site. You could basically get picks uh, pretty much for free. Last week, Mac, we ended up with a three-way tie. So all three of the tie guys ended up getting 55 pregame bulk dollars in their accounts. So let's go ahead. Let's shout out J.C. Wilcox, Court27, and MRC. All three of those guys picked a combined group who scored 161 points for the five players that they selected. Mac, you and I ended up with uh, 139, so we're coming for revenge this week. Let's go ahead. Let's give out our five. Let me go ahead and start out here with Donovan Mitchell. With Darius Garland out, Mitchell has to carry this team right now. And thus far, he's averaging 33.4 points per game. The Cavs, the winners, their last two games, and Mitchell... In the last game, coming off a win, jacked up 29 shots. He was bombing away from downtown. Even though it's a low total here, Mac, 
He's the man that they need to go to for a big game. I will say that 40 points for Mitchell is not out of the question. That's going to be our first guy. We're going to go ahead. We'll put Donovan Mitchell in our five. Mackenzie, who do you got? Let's keep it real simple here. The highest over under on the board, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Give me my goddamn money. 30 and a half, Brooklyn Nets. KD's been better later in his career on defense, but no Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and I don't even think they can afford to put Kevin Durant on Giannis because they need his offensive firepower. So in an up-and-down game, give me Giannis Antetokounmpo to put up 35 and and put a smack dab in the middle uh, of this contest. All right, so we got some chalky guys there. Let's go with another chalky guy. How about LeBron? The Lakers, I think they're a decent-sized dog here at Denver, and if the Lakers go 0-4, I think things are going to be interesting media-wise. LeBron typically, you know, he tries to go ahead and hush up the media in general when things are not going well, and he, he kind of shows up sometimes with some monster games. I think LeBron takes over this game. I think he puts up a big point total. Russ, he probably more than likely might miss this game, and even if he does play, I don't think it matters to LeBron. LeBron's not going to let this ship sink this early in the season. I think LeBron has a monster game here uh, going into Denver, so – Right now, we got Mitchell, LeBron, and Giannis. Who else we got there, Mac? Totally agree with the LeBron pick. Just who's going to guard him? I mean, a lot of the matchup when I'm betting LeBron props is, bet, oh, they're playing the Clippers? Kawhi and Paul George is going to guard him? Can't bet him. Playing the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter maybe for a possession, Nikola Jokic. We're talking about practice, man. Agree with that pick a lot. LeBron's going to score a lot of points. Let me go with Joel Embiid. He was injured last year in this playoff series versus the Raptors, but still put up 33 points in the closeout game, 33 points in another game. Uh, this consistency against a Raptors team that doesn't have a lot of size. I uh, feel like we're going to get a 30-point night. So, again, not too uh, crazy, but I think we got a little bit too creative last time, not picking guys like Morant and um, DeRozan. So let me go a little chalkier here. Joel Embiid for our, our fourth pick here. I don't dislike that one. I think right now Philly's kind of, I don't want to say they're having an identity crisis, but I think that they know who they need to go to for their number one score. And that's Embiid. Like, look, Harden's doing his little thing out there. Maxie is doing his little thing and, and Tobias Harris. But Embiid's the number one guy. He's he's their best player. He's the most efficient player on the floor for them. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a monster game. If he puts up 40, it would not surprise me. So we're, we're rolling with chalk here. But, Mackenzie, I'm going to let you go ahead and give out the last play. This was a guy that you – uh you vouched for the last time that we did this. We're going to use him again. Who do we got? Just mentioned him, the Slim Reaper, Mr. Consistency from a scoring perspective. Give me Kevin Durant. And he's obviously put up huge performances against his Bucks team. They don't really have a guy that wants to guard him. Giannis doesn't want to go out to the perimeter. So Kevin Durant, this is going to be up and down game. Drew Holiday is probably going to put the clamps on Kyrie Irving. Uh, they need this game. They need to show that they can contend. As four-point underdogs, expect him to play a lot of minutes. Give me Kevin Durant, a guy I wish we would have picked last time. Just consistency, 30 points a night. Pencil it in. Kevin Durant will be our next pick. All right, I'm going to make a crazy prediction here, Mac. Outside of LeBron, I'm going to say that we have four of the starting five for the Eastern Conference All-Stars. What do you think about that? I don't think LeBron's going to make it, so I agree with that part of it. Uh, I don't think he'll be traded to the East. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, that's what consistency is. Guys that are going to start the All-Star game. Embiid, Mitchell, makes sense to me. All right, well, we got a deep team. 
We're taking all you guys down this week for our Wednesday 5 contest. Uh, again, simply go to pregame.com. Go to the pregame.com forums. You'll see the thread there. Put your five guys in there. See if you can beat me and McKenzie this week. I don't think that's happening there, Mac. I feel pretty solid about the team that we got put together there. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's get to agreed upon prop bet of the day. Mac, we talked about this guy already. I love this one. You told me who you liked. You talked me right into it. It didn't take much convincing. Who are we going to go with for our prop bet here on Wednesday night? Anthony Edwards mentioned him earlier. Wait a minute. Isn't he disappointing? Why would we bet on a guy that's been disappointing? Exactly. Because he knows he's been disappointing. He knows Carl Anthony Towns, the best player arguably on his team, called him out after their last loss, a blowout loss as, an, as a big favorite. I expect him to respond. He talked about how he didn't take the best caves of his body, wasn't necessarily fit, maybe had a little bit too much Popeyes before their back-to-back. Well, now with the day off, hearing that news for 24 hours, Anthony Edwards, I expect to have a big game versus Birds. Let's look, let's look at his history right here in, the, in, in this season. 11 points, really poor performance to start the season. Heard, heard about it, 4 for 17 shooting. Okay, next game against the Jazz, 30 points. Then he goes against the Thunder. I talked about how that being a moment off a loss, the Timberwolves as a team had to respond. Anthony Edwards was part of that. 30 points in only 34 minutes. 11 boards, and 3 assists. Then, back to the beginning of the season. Back to struggling. 9 points, 3 for 15. So we've seen him hit this nadir before. The bottom point of a wave is called a nadir. We've seen him hit this point before. He's responded. I think he responds this time. You look at his season averages, 20 points, 8.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. That already gets us to 31. I think you got to tick that up 10 20% due to the situational factors I talked about. So that's why I like Anthony Edwards over 30 points, rebounds, and assists. All right, I'm with you 100% with that one. I think one of the issues here with Edwards that he's having so far in this season is his three-point shooting. In the first game, he shot seven. Second game, nine. Third game, seven. Last game, eight. Not good. He's, it's, if you ask me, he's just shooting too many threes right now, and that's where his point total is suffering. Now, look, if he hits a bunch, great. But coming off of a one-for-eight outing, um, I think it's going to put a little bit more stress on him to get to the rack, take higher percentage shots. Don't just sit on the outside hoping for this big game from the outside. And I think that he makes a little bit of an adjustment here. And going up against this team in general, I think that there's a potential that he gets pushed for maybe more minutes. And maybe we see less Cap, maybe we see less Russell. But I think this game comes down to Edwards going out there, getting a big push, you know, maybe playing close to 40 minutes in this game and getting all the rebounds and assists and things like that, you know, that he would normally do against this poor defensive team. So I think he has a big game, and I don't think it comes from the outside. I think he's going to go ahead and look to just take those higher percentage shots. So 30 points, rebounds, and assists. I wouldn't be surprised, Mac, if he ends up with uh, 25, 8, and 8, somewhere in that area. It would not shock me. I like this one. The pressure's on him. You know, when you, when, when you see yourself on Twitter and you see one of the players on your team calling you out for, let's just say, being lazy and somewhat, that will certainly wake you up. But Anthony Edwards, as we talked about, as many as talked about in the media, this kid is a, is a rising star. And this early in the season, getting called out, it's going to wake him up, perk him up. And I think he has a monster game. So that'll be our agreed upon prop bet of the day for Wednesday. So you guys got our best bets. You got our prop bet. You got our Wednesday five picks and our over underrated players. We went through 
a pretty good bit here, Mac. So that'll wrap up the NBA Dream Podcast edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. You guys can find Mackenzie and myself on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast. Use that coupon code DUNK20 at pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Wednesday. Enjoy the games.